Hey, of all the things you got going on in your day, thank you for making time for us to be included in your day. Welcome to the quest. It's always good to be together. So listen, before we get into the talk today, how about if we open up with a word of prayer? Father, we love you and just thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your activity in our lives. Father, thank you for loving us and caring about the, the issues of our lives. Help us to trust you more. Give us faith to walk with you closer to you. And Father, you know what's going on in each individual's life. You know what they're dealing with. You know the personal dilemmas and challenges that they're facing. You know the social challenges that they're facing. Father, you know all of us and the world challenges that we're facing. And we just come to you in desperate need of you. I ask that you would give us strength for today. Father, that you would give us love for today. And Father, that you would help us to trust you and to... Uh, have faith in you and all that we experience in this life, knowing that you're with us and that you'll never leave us. Father, I just ask that you would speak into our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before we get into the talk today, I just want to apologize because I'm not feeling well today. Got some issues going on as far as um, congestion and things like that, and so I'm just praying that I make it through this. Um, I'm not able to hear really well because my ears are clogged up and all that. So you know how to pray for me and I appreciate those prayers. All right, we're in a series that we've been loving actually entitled Jesus Revolution. If you've not seen the movie, I encourage you to see the movie. As I said, I'm not a movie critic, but man, it is a great movie to go and watch. The Jesus Revolution of the 1970s was a spiritual revival, a spiritual awakening of sorts. It took place when God moved and impacted a culture. It touched people that didn't go to church and it touched people within the church as well which I think that is exactly what revival is about. When the church and the culture have an encounter with Jesus that changed their hearts. In the 1970s, the culture and the church both needed a revival, yet neither one of them knew it. It's a lot like it is today. So what is the Jesus Revolution? The Jesus Revolution is this, you can write it down. When we are made aware of our need of Jesus, so we seek to know Jesus. It's not just getting to know about Jesus, but getting to know Jesus personally. A Jesus revolution seeks to know Jesus and to love Jesus, where you're hungry to know and love Jesus. That's one of the things that I think we see in the 1970s Jesus movement. People had this great hunger to get to know Jesus. In fact, I would say that their hunger for Jesus was greater than their hunger for other things. The purpose of this series is to look at who Jesus really is, who he says he is. And you can write this down. As we discover who Jesus claims to be, it will change our experience with him. That is what we want. It's not just about knowing Jesus. It's what we need is a greater experience, a more intimate experience with Jesus. And I think that so often we tend to have such a limited, even distorted view of who Jesus is. We process who Jesus is based on movies we've seen, maybe traditions that we've grown up with, even things that we've heard from people. And another thing you write down on your notes if you want to, and that's when our understanding of Jesus changes, our response to Jesus also changes. Listen, we're all growing in this area of our lives. We're all discovering Jesus. Our understanding of Jesus is growing and changing. And as we get to know Jesus, we trust Jesus. And as we trust Jesus, we follow Jesus. Here's what Jesus said himself. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I personally believe that as we discover Jesus and experience Jesus, it does change how we follow Jesus. As we get to know Jesus, rather than following from afar, we tend to get close. And the closer we get to him, the more we will follow his lead. 
I don't know if you're aware of this. I just discovered this myself, and that is in a herd of sheep, there is one sheep that's called a bellwether. That one sheep is the one that wears the bell around its neck. That sheep naturally follows close to the shepherd. And then what happens is because of the bell, the other sheep tend to follow that sheep. See, what happens is the closer that we personally get to Jesus, the shepherd, the more we stop following other sheep and we start following Jesus, our shepherd. So in this series, we're looking at some ways that we can have a better understanding of who Jesus is, who he claims to be, so that our experience with Jesus is more powerful. Where we're able to have a Jesus revolution in our lives. And you can write this down. We're looking at today. A Jesus revolution happens when we understand that Jesus is our shepherd. For some people, this might seem like a weird concept. That our experience with Jesus improves when we understand that he is our shepherd. The term shepherd seems to be one of Jesus' favorite descriptions of himself. One of the times Jesus is talking, he says this. He says, the thief's purpose is to still kill and destroy. He's saying that we have an enemy of our soul and his ambition is to destroy and take our lives. And he goes on to say this. My purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. And I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He says, your enemy coming to take life, and I'm coming to give life. Jesus is defining who he is. He's defining his character. And we need to understand this so that we trust him more. I think one of the things that he's saying is you may not always understand what Jesus is doing for you or with you. But he's saying, I am good, and I'm always going to do what is good for you. And ultimately, I will lay down my life for you. So let's look at the definition of a shepherd and how that impacts our lives. Well, it says this. Definition of a shepherd is someone who has a close, intimate relationship with his sheep, who cares for the total well-being of his sheep. Throughout the Bible, God gives this example of himself and his relationship with his people, that he is the shepherd, and those that belong to him are his sheep. And this shepherd relationship represents a close, intimate relationship that God has with his people. Where a king might do what is best for the majority, a shepherd knows each one of his sheep. A shepherd has deep concern and care, not only for the flock of sheep, but for each and every one. And here's what that means to us. You can write this down. When we understand that Jesus is our shepherd, we discover how much he does care for us. The shepherd takes responsibility for the well-being of each sheep. When one gets injured, he puts salve on the injury and watches how that one sheep is doing, how they are healing. When the path gets steep, he knows that that sheep is going to have a tough time because he's injured. So he might carry him. So let's discover what it means that Jesus is our shepherd. A passage of scripture that many of you know, probably word for word. Some of you at least have heard it. And it describes Jesus this way in Psalms. It's the 23rd Psalms, and it says this, The Lord is my shepherd. Remember, the one who created us, the one who has power over us, he shepherds me. And he says, I will not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
And there's a lot that's there to unpack. First and foremost, David says the Lord is not just a shepherd. He is my shepherd. Again, it goes back to that personal, intimate relationship. And one of the things that we need to understand, because Jesus is my shepherd, you can write this down. My shepherd provides for me. Something that is really important for us to understand is this issue. The shepherd is the one to provide for the sheep. Other translations say that verse this way. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. We need to understand that Jesus, as our shepherd, provides for every need that we have in our lives, just like a shepherd provides for the sheep. But we also need to understand that having everything we need is not the same as having everything that we want. There is a difference between wants and needs. And here's the difference. Wants are things that I desire that enhance my life, while needs are things I must have for life. We accept that God knows the difference and we're okay with what he provides for us because he knows what's best for us. The deeper issue for us is do you trust that God knows what you need? Not just for today, but for tomorrow and next week, next month. And that he will provide for the needs in your life. See, a sheep doesn't worry that the shepherd is not going to provide for them. The sheep completely trust that the shepherd will give them everything that they need. I think it's a great lesson for us. The very nature of Jesus is that he is generous and caring and that he provides for us. David says in Psalms, he says, the Lord is the provider for my life. So here's what happens when we understand that Jesus is our shepherd and as a shepherd, he's our provider. Then what happens is, you can write this down, we respond with gratitude rather than attitude. We start looking at all that we have with appreciation rather than focusing on things we want. We start trusting that God knows what we need. And while we may not have everything that we want, we definitely have all that we need. Here's another one. Because Jesus is our shepherd, you can write this down, my shepherd restores me. God wants to do a restoration in your life, returning your life to the condition that he created it to be. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God doesn't discard or throw away and reject broken and run down people. None of us would be here today. And that is an ongoing process in our lives. The word restores is synonymous with healing repairing, and returning to its previous state of being. David understood this. He wrote this. He said, the He, God, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God redeems, revives, and refreshes and restores our lives. No matter how broken we are, God knows our original condition, and He can rebuild that and restore that in us. God wants to restore us when we're depleted, when we need new life, when we're exhausted, tired, troubled, anxious, worn down with cares, God brings us back to life, fills us with new life and new joy. Listen to this. It says, restore to me again the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Here's the thing. When we understand that Jesus is our shepherd and that as a shepherd, Jesus restores our lives, then here's how our experience with Jesus changes. And you can write this down. I start giving the brokenness of my life to the healer of my life. Rather than trying to hide it, rather than trying to just move along, I understand that if my life is going to be restored, if my life is going to be renewed, then Jesus is the only one that can do it. If I need healing in my life, the shepherd is the one who's going to provide the healing I need in life. 
In other words, I recognize my need of healing and I look to the one who does the healing. Here's another one. Because Jesus is my shepherd, you write down, my shepherd guides me. Remember, a good shepherd is not just letting us wander into messes. He knows where he wants us to go, where we need to go, and he's with us and helping us get there. Psalms 23 says it this way, He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'm fearing no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. I love that he mentions even in the darkest times, even in the most uncertain times, even in the hardest times, the shepherd is with us, giving us the comfort that we need and the guidance that we need. You might be going through a difficult season yourself, a hard season, a time of uncertainty. I want to remind you that your shepherd is with you. He doesn't run off and leave the sheep. He is there committed to you. He's giving you the comfort that you need and leading you where he wants you to go. So listen, when we understand that Jesus is our shepherd and that he guides us, it changes our experience with Jesus, and you can write it down. I stop looking at my circumstances and start looking at my shepherd. I stop looking at the circumstances to give me direction or circumstances to assure me that Jesus is with me. Hebrews says it this way, Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. When you're looking for Jesus, you're going to find Jesus. He is your guide through the obstacles of life, the difficulties of life, the steep terrain in life. Listen, if you are surrendered to Jesus, Jesus has you right where he wants you. He's developing your faith and your character and your trust. Here's another one. Because Jesus is my shepherd, my shepherd protects me. And this is a huge one. The shepherd knows that he must protect the sheep, not just from big predators, but also from disease. The 23rd Psalm says, this way, you anoint my head with oil. That may not sound like a very protective scripture, but putting oil on a sheep's head was an act of protection. Oil would protect the sheep's head from the elements. It also repelled insects, and it protected them from parasites. In addition, oil can keep the sheep's head free and clean of dirt and debris that can cause sickness. See, protection in our life frees us from anxiety and fear and worry. There's a peace that we have. There's a peace that we can experience when we're confident that Jesus is our protector. He sees what we don't see. He's aware of what's ahead. He's aware of the challenges and the dangers that we're oblivious to. I think the image that we need to get is this. There is an attentiveness that the shepherd has with the sheep. He knows which sheep are slow. He knows which sheep are distracted. He knows which sheep need him in specific and certain ways. And he's available to protect them. So when we experience Jesus as our shepherd and the protector of our lives, then something you can write down is this. Our experience with Jesus changed because I can have peace in my life. There's a peace that we have when we know that our shepherd is watching over us. Attentive to our needs, watching for predators. We can have calm in our lives. So do you have peace in your life because Jesus is your protector? David says in Psalms 27, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. The Lord protects me from all danger, and I will never be afraid. Do you have that confidence in your life because your shepherd is the protector of your life? I would say let the peace in your life reflect the shepherd of your life. We don't face anything alone. And in all that we face, the shepherd is greater than the threat. The last one is this. Because Jesus is my shepherd, my shepherd blesses me. The goodness of the shepherd is not limited to my failures. 
it's based on his love for me as one of his sheep. I don't know if that humbles you, but it humbles me. We all have shortcomings, faults and failures, things that should disqualify us from experiencing God's goodness. And Jesus continues to pour out his goodness on our lives. Psalms 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. Because we belong to the shepherd, his goodness will always be available to us. His blessings will follow you in all of your life. So if I give you one action step, one point of application that would allow you to experience a Jesus revolution in your life, it would be this you can write it down. Get to know the shepherd. Don't just know about him. Spend time with him. Remember, the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is intimate. Get to know his heart, his love for you, his power in your life, his protection over your life, his purpose and presence in your life. Listen, he knows all about you. John 10, 4 says it this way. Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I want to encourage you to get to know your shepherd. I want you to experience his protection in your life, his care in your life. See, sheep have a tendency to wander off. They get distracted. They're not looking to the shepherd. They're looking at other things. And I love how 1 Peter says it. It says it this way. For you were strain like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus is the overseer of your soul, the caretaker of your soul. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus and get to know Jesus so that you can have a Jesus revolution in your life. Listen, if you would like to be a part of the flock that Jesus watches over, all that requires is that you come into relationship with Jesus, that you ask him to be the center of your life, that you put your faith in his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. It's that simple because none of this is about what we do. It's about what Jesus has already done. So let's pray together. Can we do that? Father, we come to you and you know each one of us and where we're at in our lives and what's going on in our lives. We're at different places spiritually and there are some that want to begin this relationship. They want to be brought into the flock. Father, I ask that you would help them. I ask that you would allow them to open up their hearts, that they would surrender their lives, that they would put their faith in your son Jesus and what he did on the cross for them, that they would accept his love and his forgiveness for their lives and in their lives. Jesus, for all of us today, we need to be reminded that you are our shepherd, that you watch over us, that you care for us, that you never leave us, that you are constantly with us as our provider and our protector, that you guide us and that you lead us. Jesus, help us to trust you Help us to draw close to you. Help us to not follow other sheep. Help us to follow our shepherd. Jesus, we ask this in your name. Amen. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today, for making us a part of your day. Thank you for your prayers to help me to get through this talk today. Appreciate your continued prayers. Listen, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.